We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. It's great to praise God, but there's something about coming together, something about worshipping God together, and it's biblical. We're two or three gathering in his name. He promises to be there. That's great value in being together. So that person sitting next to you is looking a little bit serious. Would you mind just turning and giving them a little sort of smile? How did that work? Well, welcome everybody and those joining us on the live streaming, welcome. Okay, so this morning, I hadn't had a smile from David yet, so. <clears throat> In the course of time, we cover uh, lots of different things uh, teaching, um, exaltation, um, maybe explaining particular uh, scriptures. Uh, sometimes it's a more directional thing. This morning what I want to share with you is what we would call a more pastoral, a more pastoral thing. Um, something very important for us to share together. I think probably it's... Maybe a few weeks ago now, I was reading Thessalonians and uh, there's a particular verse that really struck me and it just hasn't left me. It's 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 3. He's thanking, this is Paul thanking God for the Thessalonians. He says this, And we remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labour prompted by love and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. And I thought, wow, wow. I would like that to be our testimony. That we could, it could be said of us, those three things. Work produced by faith. What does that mean? We did what God gave us to do. We didn't stray from that. Your endurance, your, your labour prompted by love was motivated by love in all the actions I took. Does this sound kind of how it should be? It's okay to... Thank you, Nick. Yes. I like you to kind of, you know. Oh, even my wife's joined us. All right. Your, your labour prompted by love, motivated by love in all the actions I took. Endurance inspired by hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Inspired to push forward in the face of, of hardship. <coughs> because I had hoped God would use my efforts for his purposes. 
We're building on the call to serve at the pleasure of the king. Jamie brought us brought to us last week. And I want to elaborate on that uh, really for this church family. It's a very unusual thing in the history of this church that the same message, the same emphasis has continued for such a long time. We can only think that God really means us to get what he's bringing to us. You let me just remind you, catching a sight of him, a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit, a renewal in his presence. It leads to a desire and the ability. You know, we can't keep on saying, this is never about trying harder. This is about something that God does from the inside. And since God is love, it's inevitable that a sight of him will lead us to loving each other more, serving at the pleasure of the king will certainly lead to new levels of love being expressed through serving. Core team, that's the senior leadership which supports me, met on Sunday the 13th of November. It's a special time before God. At this meeting we agreed that God is calling us to a new level of living out what we've been declaring. You see, 40 plus years ago, there was a move of God and many of us responded to that and it was moving out from the presentation of teaching and teaching upon teaching and meetings upon meetings to living the very thing that God wanted us to live. That was to live loving him and because of loving him, we actually love one another. It was to express that. See, the Bible doesn't just talk about the word love, it gives expressions of love. And it was to become a community that actually shared life in loving one another and demonstrated something in that way. And that's what we have done and that's what we will continue to do. Cole recognised that there was room for improvement in how we loved and journeyed together. And we took steps right there and then to say, yes, Lord. On Sunday, the 20th of November, we shared this with the wider leadership. Now, this is what we're offering before each of you, our brothers and sisters. Just kind of look at somebody and, yeah, you could be my brother, you could be my sister. Yeah. Can you try that? Otherwise, you'll frighten me by your faces. Yeah. Interestingly, we met with the leaders last Sunday. <laughs> exactly a year ago since the big feast. We publicly declared our commitment to lay down our lives for each other. But the challenge we feel that God is putting before us 
is are we going to live out what we have declared? God is calling us to a more meaningful expression of that. Shared life, loving one another. He's inviting and empowering us to kind of shift a gear. This is where we're going. And what is, what is he providing for us to do that? What he's been saying. Come, catch that fresh look. Say, Lord, I want to see you. Lord, I want to be renewed. So today I want to talk to you about two specific issues. One that builds family and one that destroys family. The goal being to promote the traits we want to have in this family and eliminate the ones we don't want. Serving builds. Gossip or murmuring destroys. It's plain, it's simple, and it's confirmed time and again in the Word of God. I wouldn't want anybody to be comfortable in this community if they were willing to engage in gossip or disengage in serving. Last week, Jamie gave us a sort of shorthand version of the guy that came and he wanted to preach or teach but wasn't prepared to serve when we asked about collecting somebody in a wheelchair. We had significant conversations with this brother. It's not that he was bad, didn't love God. It was that he wanted to pursue his ministry. We're not here to pursue our ministries. We're here to love and serve one another. And it became clear there's no way he would ever feel uh, fit comfortably into a people that value loving and serving more than ministry or performance. We turned our backs on that. We're about being what God wants us to be according to his word. So the questions I'm putting before you, has God placed you in this family? Are you willing to embrace serving? Are you willing to reject gossip? Gossip, murmuring, grumbling, complaining. The Bible is so strong on this that it's, it's a bit hard to read the things. It's so poignant and so direct. See, those things are the opposite to the very thing that God called us to be. Love, acceptance and forgiveness. They're so contrary to that that we have to pursue what God's given us. Loving, accepting, forgiving and not grumbling or arguing or any of those negative things. Philippines 2 verse 14, do everything without grumbling or arguing. We have to understand that there are gossiping lips and there's also gossiping ears. 
So we have to be very much on our guard, not just about what we say and the reason for it, but what we listen to. You know, if, if Nick walked down the street, hopefully, before too long, two people in white coats would come and assist him into some place where he could be properly cared for. Don't think that's happening. So we have to be careful both ways around. That's not something that pleases God. Also, sometimes people say, talk about Lifeline does this or Lifeline can't do that or doesn't do that. The problem is Lifeline can't repent. Lifeline can't ask for forgiveness. But I can or any one of us that is responsible can. If we don't personalise it, we have no chance of change. do want to see something change for someone and the image that I have in my mind is if, if you see a brother or a sister that's that's fallen into sin or made some mistakes it's almost like they're they're heading for a cliff and so this clip's going to help us save someone that's about to hurtle off a cliff, it takes putting yourself out. So in that clip, that guy, he had to endure. He had to press against um, the, the wind and ride a horse at, at an uncomfortable pace. He also got pretty close to the cliff himself. And so when we're talking about uh, correcting someone or even in that context of, is it okay? Can you end up just saying, yes, lifeline's like this, lifeline's like that, when what we're actually referring to is our brothers and sisters are heading for a cliff, what are you prepared to risk to see them saved?
from the danger that you think they're in. Uh, we filmed uh, um, not far from here. Um, and uh, you, right at the end there, you expected to see me, but I was the other horseman. <laughs> I don't like to be in the limelight. Right. Jamie, just need your assistance a second. Good. We treat this so seriously, this issue of, of gossip, murmuring, that we tr seek to follow a principle that there's only one warning. If there's not a desisting from that, we would be inviting and we do invite people to leave. You know, we recognise that one of the most destructive things in the church is gossip. I've had not only the sad experience of dealing with that in the past here, but as God has called me to work in other churches in different places, the rapidity of destruction that occurs through something of murmuring and gossip is, is frightening. It's a favourite tool of the enemy, so we can't allow that to be part with us. In John 6, Jesus had fed the 5,000. The crowd find him again, following day on the other side of the lake. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one who sent me. Then they asked for more signs so that they will believe like Moses brought manna in the wilderness. Jesus responds by saying that he is the bread of life, a greater miracle. But at this, the Jews began to grumble and said, he said, I am the bread of life and came down from heaven. They said, is not, this is not Jesus. The son of, you know, you know Joseph, whose father and mother we know. He's just, he's just somebody from amongst us. How can he now say, I came down from heaven? Jesus turned around to them. Stop grumbling amongst yourselves, Jesus answered. See, it undermines the very identity of Jesus and calling if we, if we engage in something so corrosive. Misses God's word. They were missing it there by not believing in Jesus because, well, we, we, we know him. We can explain this away. This can't be. Mumbling and grumbling. having the gossiping ear the Bible talks about giving us the spirit of discernment so as to be able to tell between what is good and what is bad and 
that's necessary if we are going to be able to, to spot things like, like this. Because the, the enemy's favorite tool is to try and look innocent by asking a simple question. And you go right back to the Garden of Eden. It's just a, on the face of it, it seems like an innocent question. But that's what we need to be able to, to spot by the power of the Spirit. Because that question seeks to undermine confidence. And so, if there is a question that seeks to um, sow discord, it seeks to, um, to, to bring questions. And it, it, this, this pictures from the, the Jesus Storybook Bible that my kids have. And, it, and this, the sentiment of it was, the serpent said, does, does God actually want you to be happy? And it says, uh, Eve had never thought of that question before. And now suddenly she wasn't sure anymore. That's what gossip, that's what a spirit seeks to do. Takes away your confidence. I never thought about it before. Now I'm not so sure. And so you need to be aware if a question is stealing your peace or it's causing you to doubt people that you never had cause to doubt for that is now leading you to withdraw. So we have to be sharp on that and make sure that we don't have to justify, we don't have to get into a conversation with, that, with a spirit like that. Good. There's a great advantage in um, doing things this way uh, with Jamie um, helping us with those uh, films and pictures and things. It also saves a lot of time because he would have to spend rather longer explaining these things to me because I don't always quite get them so it's just shorthand there yeah being truthful yeah but I was telling the truth but you were telling it to the wrong person that still amounts to murmuring and gossip well I just shared this for prayer yeah you can put a superficial sort of super spiritual cloak over it, but it still comes down to the same thing. Actually, the Bible is very clear about how we deal um, with concerns. Matthew 18, verse 15, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you've won them over. But if they won't listen... Take one or two others along and every matter be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses and so on. But I find it difficult. But I, 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 I don't like confrontation. Where, where, tell me in the Bible, does it say, if it's difficult, well, don't worry about doing it. You don't like confrontation. Sometimes people have come to me and said, uh, can, you, can you take this up? Because I, I don't like to confront. What's the para message there? Well, I think you do like to confront. 
No, that's not God's way. There is a way. We test what's the purpose of this communication. Is this showing care for the listener? Or is it, is it to serve? Is it just to unload? Is it to undermine? Is it to manipulate, get somebody on my side? Ephesians 4.29 Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Well, it was neutral, but was it positive? And what was behind that comment? How did it help my listener? The motivation of the heart. What's in the heart will come out. Luke 6.45, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. What's behind the murmuring? Have you taken offence? Have you been overlooked? <clears throat> Bible calls for self-control. Not to let stuff seep out of us, but to deal with this. <clears throat> Psalm 73. It's kind of the psalmist is having a bit of a moan. But he then goes on to say, see, he's seen how the, right, the unrighteous are doing very well. And he's got really a complaint. And then goes on to say, if I'd spoken out like that, I would have betrayed your children. When I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply. And then comes the absolute key. Till I entered into the sanctuary of God, then I understood. Into the presence of God, that place where we open our hearts before him and he meets with us. Let's not load people with our doubts which we're responsible for resolving ourselves. Therefore, raise with the relevant person. Need to come before God and lean on people you know will lead you to God. Distrust, murmuring, leads to rebellion. For a while, we used to close those doors, the inner doors where Sue and Steve are, when we started the meeting. Now, it might have started off as a bit of a joke because it became known as the corridor of shame. The problem was, it builds up and people actually believe that's what it is. Even though the explanation that we gave and the reason we gave was very clear. Let me just remind you. It was because people were coming in when we were seeking to start the meeting and set the direction and it interrupted the ability to do that. We felt it would serve best if we retained people so that that part could be laid out and then they could come in perhaps as we started the song. It had a reason to build up, not to tear down. 
Now, what may have started as a joke, I don't know, became a thing. And the sad thing is, nobody really queried it to find out the real reason. It was just something that was kind of talked around. Let's not load people with our doubts. We're responsible for resolving with and raised with the relevant person. Ask the question, eliminate the doubt, or confront the sin. Why did you do that? It either has an answer that resolves it, or it's something that needs to be dealt with and repented of. So let's repent from any of that stuff. It's an offence in the very presence of God. But what are the three things that God has commended to us over many, many years that were perhaps... We often use them to describe what are we, what are we looking for? What do we expect to see? What are the qualities that we expect to see? Love, acceptance, forgiveness. Sound, biblical direction and principle, and we want to, to live in that. Love, acceptance, and forgiveness. Let that take the place of any murmuring, gossip, and complaining. So let's move on to the thing which builds up serving serving brings love to life words of undying love mean nothing if it's not made real 1 John 3:18 dear, dear children let us not love in words or speech love your brother love your sister uh, no I don't think right now no I'll take it at the end Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Our mission, let me just read that again. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Our mission, God wants to fill the earth with his glory. His glory or attributes to be on display. God is love. So God is glorifying when we love each other. And how is love expressed? In serving. The primary expression through love, serve one another. Dear friends, 1 John 4:11. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. God is made visible when we love and serve one another. Serving expresses the love of God. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. That's a long way from serving at convenience. 
Serving is love expressed to a person. Galatians 5.13 Serve one another humbly in love. Serving has to come from the heart. It's a revelation. I'm sure that I've told this story before, but um, when we were first married, I mean, I, I grew up in a different age. Men went to work and women stayed at home and did the ironing and all that sort of thing. And uh, I'm not saying it's a better age. I wouldn't dare say that with Ella sitting right in the front there. But we had a system, my wife and I. It was an agreed system. I said, yes, dear. <laughs> so I forget the different tasks, but I know that one of mine was to um, vacuum the stairs. We were living in shared accommodation and we had to take it in turns to do that. Yeah. What am I reduced to? Yeah. Hoovering the stairs. My father would have died before he did that. What has become of me? I only got, I was working from the top to the bottom. I got to stair number four and I saw something. I saw something beyond hoovering the stairs. I understood something about serving. Something was deeper than just a, a reason or an argument. It was something that, that basically touched my heart. I saw the value of that. A call to serve. Didn't matter where, what or how. If we were doing it as unto the Lord. And subsequently, I was very taken up by Paul's commendation uh, of Timothy. He says, I have nobody else quite like him who will just naturally care for your estate. They tend to think of their own things, look after their own interests, not those of Christ. I thought, man, if we could live and have that as our commendation, that would be wonderful. It has to come from the heart. The next thing about serving is we don't serve a function. We're called to serve God. We're called to serve, and one of the ways we express that is serving one another. So we don't, we don't serve a function. James was leading them singing this morning. But he was really serving Nick, who was responsible for leading the meeting. It wasn't about serving his desire to play the, what do you call it, keyboard. No, it's good, but we serve a person. All our serving. When, right now, the, the children's ministry team are working with the children, their task is that, but they're serving... Debbie, who's responsible for that. See, we've got to get back to understand that we don't serve a task. Task is an expression. We serve a person. 
I love this scripture, 2 Corinthians 8 verse 5. It's talking about the Macedonians. And they exceeded our expectations. Here it comes. They serve, they gave themselves, first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God, also to us. The function was giving money, resource for those in great need. But they were commended for how they gave themselves first to God and then to others. We serve at his pleasure, not our convenience. And how do we do that? Well, the Bible teaches that we lay down our life. John 15, verse 13, there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You know, dead bodies don't have rights. Colossians 3, verse 3, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. What we're looking at here this morning is a strong, two very, very strong scriptural injunctions which we are committed to follow. Number one, not to be involved in gossip and murmuring. Number two, to build the family by serving, because we are called to be a family. If you're more interested in how you're being served than you are in asking how you can serve others, there's a need for some real adjustment and change there. See, serving confronts status. Jesus showed the way. What did he do? He washed the disciples' feet. He took on the role of the lowest servant in order to show his love. Obstacle? Well, I'm a bit unmotivated. I'm a bit selfish or lazy. Solution to that is repent. Because you know that's not what God has for you. You need to repent. God calls us and empowers us to love each other. And if that's not the case, the question is then not about trying to, as it were, run on empty. It's to call on God. Repent. I don't want to be operating like this. Lord, help me. If you've never experienced passing from death to life revealed by a lack of love to serve, 1 John 3, 14 says this, we know that we've passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. We're back to that fresh sight of God again that thing changing from the inside I love the saying came from C.T. Studd if Christ be God and died for me then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for him so where does that bring us You know the expression drawing a line in the sand? This is time, as we said at the beginning, this is time for us now to walk in what we agreed. 
without deviation. And it's never about trying harder. Let's dream what it could be when we actually do what God is calling us to do. He's calling us to live like this because it will lead to... Anybody enjoy that time of baptisms the other day? Wow. Times in God's presence. To be a people of going the second mile, call it the second mile syndrome. Like David's mighty men willing to fetch water from the well at Bethlehem, but not because of duty, but because of love. I'm looking to see more lives transformed. What we've heard and seen in recent times, Dave and Tracy and God meeting Steve Nash and Connor and many others. I want more of that. This is the pure stuff. This is the stuff of God revealing himself and us being engaged in his purpose. God will be made visible by the intensity with which we love each other. Those coming into contact with this family will remark, oh, how they love one another. Well, I didn't like the music. I didn't like the singers. I didn't like the way we sat. Somehow goes out of the door when we're actually focused on loving one another. No one will join lightly. Yet many will choose to join. Those who respond to this call to step up will experience a paradigm shift in what it means for the spirit within to break out. We will see the gifts of the spirit building up the church, filling those outside of the church with awe. Words of knowledge, miracles of signs, greater ability to live the life he's called us to. Psalm 110. Your people will be willing in the day of your power. There will be an energy amongst us. Contrary to what we're finding in the world around about. Following COVID, when there's a kind of... It's almost a lack of energy uh, even to connect... Live as if God is here. We serve unto him. And we dare not take his name in vain. Claiming he has told us to do what we want to do. We'll experience such a joy in what we do because he's smiling upon us in every move we make. We're able to settle issues with him and not place them on others. People will find their identity in him. No matter what they, whether they class themselves as introvert or extrovert, either way, we won't let our personality hinder us from serving Him with joyful abandonment. What do you dream? What would you like to see? What's God put in your heart? Finally, has God placed you in this? family are you willing to embrace serving are you willing to reject gossip 
What are the questions I want you to, to go away with? Very important, serious questions. I told you at the beginning this is a pastoral type talking this morning. And if we don't mean what we say, there's a serious lack of integrity. So I want you to think on that and consider what action you need to take because we move forward from here. Owen. Sorry, not a clear person that... Who's like sinned against you. It's very clear, like, what do you do in the case where someone has done something to you? Yeah. How do you, without gossiping or grumbling, or how, how do you handle the condemnation that you may feel from being some, something like a corridor of shame? Yeah. How do you approach dealing with that? Okay, so you go to the person concerned. Just repeat the question. Okay, all right, I've got to repeat the question. If somebody... Talks, you're in the corridor of shame. Is that right? And somebody talks to you and says, this is the corridor of shame. And what... No, no, it's this. So it, it's more of... This is at the point where it's a known thing, right? This is the corridor. It's, everyone knows it's a joke. Or, well, that's the problem, Owen. Not everybody does know it. It, <laughs> it started off as that. Yeah. It started off as that, but not necessarily now. Okay. I think the answer would be if you're hearing something like that and it bothers you, yeah. you feel that it's contrary yeah. to the word of God, that you would raise it with, with who you know to raise yeah. it. So yeah. Why don't you say that? <laughs> <laughs> this might not be answering what you're saying, but it's an addition. I mean. Right. So if you come across something like that, that that feels like it's a cultural thing, that this is accepted within the culture. Well, first of all, you say, wait a second, that's contrary to the nature of God. Shaming someone is not the nature of God. God removed our shame. So I can't just accept that that's a part of something that God's joined me to. That would be like, oh, they're heading for a cliff. Don't worry about it. If I'm part of this community and there's anything about this community which does not rep represent the heart of God, I am going to be on my horse chasing. And that's reflected by me talking to John or, the, the, in that case, the head of the steward and saying, you know, this is called the, the corridor of shame. Why the heck do we do this thing? So I ask the question. If I've got a doubt, I ask the question. If they can answer it and say, no, 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 it's not to shame the people that are late. It's to help the people that are already listening to the instruction for the meeting so they can hear. Oh, right, that makes it sense. That has eliminated my doubt. But if they say, yeah, we, we don't like people being late and this is the best way to make them come early. I say, first of all, I say, well, if you want to shame people, first of all, get those cameras, aim them at the door. <laughs> Let's do this properly if we're going to do it. Oh, oh, we confront, or oh, if that's our attitude, I've got to be saying, that's not the heart of God. We need to repent. That's got to change. That cannot be in us if we absolutely treasure who God is. So 
just joining in and, oh yeah, corridor of shame. There is a joke, but there's joke with a subtle bit underneath that begins to sow a seed of doubt. Sounds, it sounds innocent, but if you feel there's something that puts a little seed of doubt in your heart, of, yes, that's just the way they operate here. It's the way that you operate here because you are part of this. So I've got to give an account to God for my participation in the family he's placed me in. Yeah? Okay, so... Oh. Oh, okay. Um, so we, we at all times welcome any questions. Uh, that's we're there to serve. So you need to feel free to do that. But I do want you to take seriously what we're saying because we're drawing a line in the sand and we want to go where God's taking us in these days. So, Father, we ask that you just help us to hear your word and your heart as you seek to help us to comply with your will and your word as we move forward, that you might, Lord, be able to pour out that blessing in the name which is above every name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk on Facebook, lifeline.church.uk or Twitter at Lifeline UK.